the you complete me in a human relationship is a monster red flag and wildly toxic, you complete yourself. Your partner can only be an addition. Your job can only be an addition. Your friends can only be an addition. You complete you by you going inside and doing the internal work that it takes to feel amazing with yourself at night when there's no stimulus and you're there laying in bed and it's pitch black and you're only there with your thoughts. If you don't love yourself and who you are in that moment, you're not ready to bring somebody else into the equation or drag other people along. What is happening, my friends? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, The Gordai Podcast. Today, this episode is wildly empowering because when you leave here in 20 minutes, you're not going to care what people think anymore. Yes, it is that easy. And you are about to retake control of your boundaries and your life. Stop letting people walk on you. Get ready. I'll see you inside. You all know the feeling. There's someone's approval that you seek and it drives you crazy that he or she won't give it to you. I know what it's like when you're searching for approval from parents and siblings for so long. My entire childhood, I was just like, dude, can someone just tell me they love me? Can someone just tell me a good job? Can I maybe get a little bit of attention? My mom and my sister were besties. My dad was really stressed and always kind of moving around and doing things. So I was just kind of left shooting hoops by myself in the driveway or throwing the baseball to me. We had this little net and I was a pitcher in baseball. We had this net and I would practice my pitching. And you know, you, you hit the net and it flies back to you. So you just throw it, catch it, whatever. But I wanted some approval. I wanted to just be accepted. I had this sense of incompleteness and aloneness. And I think that at the start of Team Mahaley, that's probably what drove me to build this community because I was like, hey, like if you feel alone, like you've got this fitness community as a backbone, you've got this bodybuilding team that is behind you and supporting you and will drive you. The desire of acceptance the incompleteness, the aloneness, these feelings are built into our evolutionary biology. Humans are like magnets towards one another. We love being a part of a tribe. And we haven't always been the top of the food chain according to our evolutionary biology. So we were better protected and had a longer chance of survival if we were just simply with other people. So being alone it made us seek out others, but the feeling of incompleteness calls us to unconsciously seek to fit in. So we bonded together more strongly. When you feel that insatiable need to be accepted or the, the pain of being rejected, remember, all it really is, is it insinuates that you're a human being because it's your survival drive at work. Now, I know it's difficult to accept that. Like the beginning of a relationship when everything is so heightened and good, perfect and well. Or the end of a relationship when you've grown apart and you realize it's time to go the separate ways. It's an unconscious emotional drive, but it's only a story. You all know somebody exactly like who I am about to describe. I was about 20 years old. 
I was working as a trainer at LA Fitness, and there was this girl, Brooke, that I had a really good friendship with. Well, a 20-year-old man having a friendship with a 21 or 22-year-old woman who's way out of his league, getting closer and closer, sharing emotional connection and whatnot, obviously, the 20-year-old insecure boy developed feelings for this woman. I convinced myself, she's the one. And I know it's got to be her. And I know what's going to happen. And maybe she's not into me now, but she's going to be into me then. And it drove me to work harder in the gym. It drove me to work harder at my craft. Men need acceptance from women. It is part of our genetic makeup. And this was my first true experience with something like that. We would hang out. We go out to a dinner. We would whatever. And this whole time, I thought that maybe she was developing the same feelings for me. And one night, after about three months of being deep in the friend zone and convincing myself that Brooke was the one and nobody else matters, I got crushed. I wasn't good at communication. I wasn't this super forthright, vulnerable person. And I brought up to her exactly how I was feeling. And she was so caught off guard. <laughs> she thought that we were just besties. And I felt like at that point that she viewed me as like her gay best friend. And it was humiliating. Then that weekend, or it might have been the week after, she had this dude that she was talking to at the gym with her training. And I was like, this absolutely sucks. Looking back, it was a great situation I found myself in. I was learning how to handle the emotional negative response in a highly professional setting because I had to keep it very professional at the gym. I had to just breathe. I had to let it pass. And I had to face this fear of seeing Brooke with the dude she was actually talking to who I believe they're married now, which is incredible and beautiful. But it taught me this lesson at a really early age. I was seeking her approval. And that message is basically saying, your internal compass, your emotional anchors, they're weak. So you have nothing to grasp onto internally. So I gave the job over to Brooke, who didn't want to have that job. Imagine a captain on a boat takes a liking to the chef of the boat. As a result, he's like, hey, you know what? Why don't you come up and you take on steering duties and the anchor operation? What do you think is going to happen? The chef doesn't know how to drive that ship. The chef's not interested in driving that ship. The chef is busy doing his or her job perfectly. And now they're in charge of a boat. It crashes. The whole thing sinks. Maybe you go off course. But this example is just to illustrate the... You complete me in a human relationship is a monster red flag and wildly toxic. You complete yourself. Your partner can only be an addition. Your job can only be an addition. Your friends can only be an addition. You complete you by you going inside and doing the internal work that it takes to feel amazing with yourself at night when there's no stimulus and you're there laying in bed and it's pitch black and you're only there with your thoughts. If you don't love yourself and who you are in that moment, you're not ready to bring somebody else into the equation or drag other people along. And when I was in that situation 
as it pertains to Brooke, I was anxious. I was shaking. I was hoping she would text me. I anchored to somebody who didn't even want to captain the ship. You have all been there. I know that we've been there. When someone withholds affection, we're convinced that we're unworthy. Our survival instincts take over our rational brains. We become hypervigilant, overly responsive. We can become acutely aware of ways we can get back into this person's good graces. And, and that's people pleasing. We're trying to preempt any possible rejection before it can ever happen. I'm literally talking to you, nice guys of the world. Nice guys, do not ever win, period. They don't. Not in any essence of society does the nice guy win. Be kind. But nice guys lack boundaries. Some people deal with rejection other way you just distance yourself and then you start rejecting others before we can be rejected by them. It's self-sabotaging because you have this scarcity of mindset. Well, I'm going to like this person. I'm going to love this person. And they're just going to let me down. But they didn't do anything to actually deserve that. Neither approach works well. The first case, you don't have a backbone. You're the nice guy. There's no boundary. People just walk all over you. You don't have respect because other people can sense that you don't even respect yourself. And in the second case, you're cold, you're distant, you're an asshole. No one wants to get close to us as a result. And you are the only one who can change this with the internal story that you tell to you. If you are continually succumbing to other stories, you're spineless. You lack identity. And all you are at that point is trying to fit into a piece of crowd. Listen, you're safe. You don't have to fit in anymore. A woolly mammoth is not coming to stomp you and your family. We can break that. Now, is it your genetic makeup? Yes, it is. But we know how malleable the brain is. We can change that. There's parts of you that are triggered when you think about your rejection and hurt. You know, the ones where you tell yourself you're not smart enough or you're not good looking enough, you're not funny enough, you're not aware enough, you're not rich enough, witty enough, big enough. That's your like ancient brain. Like, oh no, I don't have the right skill set to contribute to my tribe. Am I going to get kicked out of my tribe? What will I do? This is awful. The research tells us that this can be very similar to severe drug withdrawal. You replay these stories in your head. You reinforce your drug behavior. It's like if you're a heroin addict that's been clean for some time, but you just have to go back for another hit. Listen, the only way out is to decide to fill these gaps for yourself. So after Brooke, I sort of turned into a little bit of a man whore for the time being. But then I started dating a girl who lived in Florida. Why was this life changing for me? Because at the time I was terrified to fly. The first time I had been on a plane was when I was 22. It was the first time I've been on a plane. I'm 30 now. So sorry to any girl living in Florida. I wanted the relationship to work out. I couldn't try to get someone to fly with me because I wanted some privacy when I got down there. I obviously couldn't teleport. I'm not driving from, from Cincinnati, Ohio to Florida. I bought a plane ticket and I did it. It's the only way forward. 
You take responsibility. You do it for yourself. The good news is that your stories are pretty transparent. Your emotions point you to your block, and they also point to your way out. If you allow yourself to see this trigger that you have, you are also able to see your exact way out. Recently started listening to some country music. Morgan Wallen. I slept on him for a long time. Dude's sick. Guy's awesome. But I didn't listen to it for so long because it triggered back to my childhood. I had all these little triggers back to my childhood. So what did I do? I went home for Thanksgiving. I went home for Christmas. I have conversations with my dad. I have conversations with my mom. I have conversations with my sister. And you just put it out there and y'all get on the same page. And now I can't stop listening to country music. Now I don't have these emotional triggers about somebody leaving me. I had this fear of abandonment literally until November of this year. This past year, sorry, 2023. I was still operating with this fear of abandonment. And since then, truly everything has changed. You confront the shit that's holding you back. And all of a sudden, you're not real scared anymore. All of a sudden, the story that you're telling yourself is different. I understand that people are going to come and go. I understand that there's going to be relationships, friendships, workships that are together for a long time, and then they end. And that is okay. That's okay. That means that you're growing and evolving. But in this moment, when you are staring, your triggers and I, honesty is your only answer. You have to be hyper aware of self. Honesty became my religion. I was going to be treated by others in a manner of respect and in a manner of emotional security. So for me to get to that place, I have to go inside and identify and fix these triggers. Instead of thinking like, why doesn't she like me? Or why doesn't he like me? Or why is this person saying that? I start asking myself, why the fuck do I care what they're saying? Why the fuck do I care if that person likes me? I fucking love me. I'm lit. So to what value I bring to them, what the hell they do for me? How do I feel after being around them? You switch this and it's a practice. Not just one day you go home, you fix all your traumas and boom, perfect. I still work on this. But man, I feel way better than I ever have about this. More of what makes you feel good, less of what doesn't make you feel good, period. We'll stay in relationships that we know fucking suck. That relationship is not the only thing that sucks. What you get out of the world is what you put into yourself. Because your entire world, the worldview, but also the world that you're living in, is a direct reflection of your internal culture. I talk about this as it pertains to finance. Poor is a mindset and rich is a mindset, too. That's your emotional, that's your mentality, that's your spiritual. If you're poor spiritually, then your worldview is going to be poor. If you're rich, it's going to be rich. Good friend of mine had this convo with me yesterday. Spoke about it on the uh, Sean Irwin Apex podcast. I think you guys are going to absolutely love that show. Justin, you never respond to people who speak poorly of you. Nope. Never will. Think about this. Whenever you respond to some negativity, it doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't empower you. It empowers them. The person you're talking about, that's who gets empowered. Whether you say it to them or you say it behind their face, 
So number one, I'm like, well, shit, no, they're talking about me. That's lit. That's giving me their power. That's amazing. Thank you for your energy. I'm going to do real good with it. Clearly, I'm going to do better with it than you did. That's an energetic transfer. Their only safe emotional outlets to talk about me, that's sad. That's sad that you don't have a therapist. And that's sad you don't have friends that love you enough to, to support you through this time. But also, I'm grateful I was able to provide that safe space for you to open up emotionally, whether it was to me or just about me. Because they know I won't respond. I hope they get well soon, but that doesn't make me feel good. You know what does make me feel good? Being the guy who never responds to the bullshit because I'm busy building. So I just keep building. I'm improving. I take feedback where I can be better by surrounding myself with other hyper-aware, mentally well individuals. Are you? What's your environment look like? Y'all, pe your people well? Are they good? If they haven't been where you're going, why the hell does their opinion matter? You caring about the opinion of someone who has not been where you are going is empowering them with your energy that you could rather put into just building something. Another decision makes me feel good. Be kind. Like really, really fucking kind. Make people smile, but have very firm boundaries. Without boundaries, you have no chance of owning your energy. When we erect boundaries around others, we're putting them in a box. That can be good. That's pretty healthy. And you should want to be put in a box by your people who love you as well. It's like if you have a poisonous snake in your house because you love reptiles, that's fucking weird. Do not invite me over. Snakes are one of my greatest fucking fears. Sometimes you'll be scrolling on TikTok and it'll like show you the fucking the live shit and like it's someone's snake feeding time. And like, dude, I mean, I'll watch it and stuff. I, don't, I have no idea why I let my brain rot like that, but. I, I fucking hate I, snakes are terrifying to me. You know, when you see those like wilderness fight videos of like a honey badger versus snake and the snakes just getting messed up. Those make my heart happy. That makes me feel good. <laughs> I hate snakes, but I'm not sure why I use this example. I literally wrote this example in my show notes. You have a poison snake in your house. You don't let it wander around, right? You keep it in the box. Everyone's looking out for themselves. Every single person is selfish. And if they're not selfish, be hyper aware of them because that's not someone that has boundaries. That's not someone that's going to go very far in life. The world is going to walk on them. And if you align with them, the world's going to walk on you as well. It's healthy. It's safe to have boundaries. Now, letting them out the box a little bit here and there, that's healthy. One of my best friends is in a really tight box with me because they haven't proven to themselves the professional that they truly are. They're making moves. They're way better than they've ever been. I love hanging out with them. But they're in a box. Sometimes I'll invite them over. We'll go out. We'll grab a drink. Well, whatever. And it's like taking them out of the box, right? Till they prove it to themselves that they can just roam free. So if you test the waters, you have the chance to ask if the box you put them in is still appropriate for your growth or have they changed in the box no longer required? I got some friends that aren't in a box and that's beautiful. But the final step here is taking your flying lessons. So spending plenty of time attacking your acceptance, loneliness and worthiness and weaknesses. I was terrified to fly. I started dating a girl in Florida. I had to fly for the relationship to work. 
in the uh, bodybuilding world, which obviously is most of my professional career to this point, we have what's called a PR for those who aren't keen with fitness and bodybuilding. It's just a personal record. So in the gym, we, we, we go in searching for the really tough stuff. We expose ourselves to a stimulus that we've never achieved before, and that's how you get a progressive overload nature out of it, right? So it's scary. It's exhilarating. But you're always pushing the boundaries to get better. We pay particular attention to our weak areas. Like on me, my chest was always a weak area, so I constantly put more emphasis on that until I trained it really well and it caught up with the rest of my physique. You, you have to do the same with your life and your emotional weaknesses. I started flying in a plane. I conquered my fear. It's a fear PR. You need to conquer those same fears you have regarding rejection, loneliness, boundaries. If you're afraid to be alone, start being alone. Go to movies alone. Go to dinner with alone. Don't be on your phone at dinner. Spend a weekend at a hotel alone. Plan a trip to a completely different state alone, to a different country alone. When you feel taken over by the need for acceptance by others, it is because you are not choosing, challenging, celebrating, and changing yourself. So... You're waiting for someone else to do that for you. It's not their job. It is 100% yours. You are the captain, not the chef. Consider your best life teacher is in the emotions that you don't want to venture into that you venture into anyways. As always, I hope this helps. I'll see you next time. Peace.